Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, as Jimmy would say, hey, 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 or oh, girl. He would say those things if he were here. He's not. They just don't sound the same coming from me. Jimmy's off today. I'm Paul Gleiser from proud Fox Across America affiliate KTBB AM and FM, Tyler Longview, Texas. And I'm uh, filling in for Jimmy today, and I'm putting a question out there for your consideration and your phone calls right now. What is the number one voting issue for you right now? We're going to devote a lot of the show to your phone calls. It's Friday. I don't want to work that hard, so you're going to get to do a lot of the show. 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. I'm going to tell you what my number one issue is not. It's not inflation. It's not gasoline prices. It's not the deficit. It's not the national debt. It's not foreign policy or China or immigration or even climate change. It sure as hell isn't climate change. My number one issue is regaining control of the cabinet-level departments of the executive branch, starting with the most urgent, the Department of Justice. The Mar-a-Lago raid, and now the argument over the affidavit that drove that raid, makes it clear we have to regain control of the Department of Justice. Now, I'm going to say something that may make your head explode. Take a deep breath and hear me out. I hope the Department of Justice has something on Donald Trump that constitutes clear, unequivocal, and undeniable evidence of criminal wrongdoing. I hope they have him dead to rights. Now, hold on. Don't skid off the road. If they do, it would represent a first step on the long road to restoring the trust of the American people in a critically important part of our, important part of our government. If they don't have a rock-solid, unmistakable, top-notch case against Donald Trump, then Lord help us. The DOJ's recent history isn't what you would call a halo of glory. It's, in fact, a total disgrace. With the help of the intelligence community, another corner of the executive branch that needs a stiff brush and a bucket of pine salt taken to it, the DOJ pursued a three-year-long Russian collusion persecution of Donald Trump, despite knowing from the jump that the predicate for that investigation was a total crock. Conversely, in the face of clearly indictable wrongdoing by Hillary Clinton, that very same DOJ gave her a pass. They're now doing the same thing with respect to clear evidence of criminal wrongdoing by President Biden's son, Hunter. It's a regrettable, sad, terrible fact that here in the United States, the bright, shining city on the hill, at least half the country now believes that the DOJ has one set of rules for ruling class Democrats and another set of rules for pretty much everybody else, and that includes you and me. There was a time when the Department of Justice, which includes the FBI, got the benefit of the doubt. At one time, if we heard on the news that the FBI raided the home of a former president, most of us would have said, wow, I wonder what he's done. It must be pretty bad. At least half the country now, including a fair number of Democrats, aren't saying that. They're saying things like what former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said on Laura Ingram's show last night, cut five. There's no rules, right? This is just about power. And they asked us to give, give them the benefit of the doubt, the talking about democracy and equal justice under the law. But we've seen it, right? We saw uh, my predecessor at CIA, Jim Brennan, uh, politicized, weaponized the CIA. 
Uh, we saw Jim Comey, uh, who was my counterpart at FBI when I was a CIA director at the beginning of my time. We saw him take notes, leak them to the press. Uh, we've watched the Justice Department under Merrick Garland go after parents as terrorists who are just trying to make sure their kids got in school. There is no reason to give them the benefit of the doubt. Correct. No benefit of the doubt at all. It can only be one of two things going on here. Either the Department of Justice has a rock-solid criminal case against Donald Trump, or the ruling class has turned the Department of Justice into a politically weaponized force, hell-bent on stamping out anyone who would dare question or oppose them, citizens, taxpayers, and voters, and that means you and me, be damned. Prosecution or persecution, if it's the latter. Our ruling class elites have taken us into a dark, dangerous place from which there may be little chance of safe return. Now, look, I know this is Fox Across America. I know that Jimmy is the master, um, does an amazing job of keeping things light and fun, even in the presence of serious topics. But what I just said is truth. So getting the DOJ back under control as a first step toward taming the entire executive branch that has gotten so large and so entrenched that it constitutes a de facto fourth branch of the U.S. government is my number one issue this voting cycle. Donald Trump is the first president to threaten the status and power of the permanent bureaucracy, and they hate him for it. And that, rather than a legitimate, clearly prosecutable crime, is to the eye of about 75 million Americans what drove the FBI's raid on Mar-a-Lago. So that is my number one issue. What about you? 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. Fully half the country now distrusts the Department of Justice. Any prosecution of Donald Trump will play out against that backdrop of distrust. Thus my statement saying I really do hope they have the goods on Donald Trump. But with all prior cries of wolf still echoing. I strongly doubt that they do. Here's former VP Mike Pence, cut two. I mean, never before in American history has the personal residence of a former president been subject to a search warrant. And in the wake of the four years that we endured with the politicization of the FBI, the American people have a right to know the basis for this, this unprecedented action does demand unprecedented transparency. Well, he's absolutely correct. The DOJ needs to be unmistakably transparent. They need to release the affidavit. They need to, in short order, convince you and me and upwards somewhere getting close to 100 million of our fellow citizens that what they have done and are doing is justified. You can't blame reasonable people for suspecting that rather than seeking justice, the ruling class acting through the DOJ simply wants to disqualify Trump for office. They're willing to go to any length to do so. If that is true, people in the heartland aren't just going to quietly sit there. Somewhere, sometime, people in the heartland are going to say enough. And when that happens, the DOJ will have released furies that they may not can control. Here's where this goes, I think. If Mary Garland's DOJ indicts Donald Trump, and that seems probable, Trump has almost no chance at all of receiving a fair trial before a District of Columbia jury. Upward of 100 million people believe this. Between now and the time a case against Donald Trump goes to trial, which, by the way, will span a couple of years and will put him up.
game for running for president, which I think is the goal. The DOJ will likely engage in a drip, drip, drip campaign of innuendo and selective leaks with the goal of freezing out and or destroying the people in Trump's orbit. With all of this in process between now and the early 2024 New Hampshire primary, with Trump spending millions on legal fees while being pilloried every day on social media and the alphabet networks, the Department of Justice will be signaling all other Republican candidates that might dare to challenge the Washington ruling class. The message will be unmistakable, and it'll be something along the lines of what you'd see in an Al Pacino movie. So, yo, you wouldn't want this to happen to you, would you? Should he be tried, Trump's almost inevitable conviction in a D.C. court will certainly be appealed, and the appellate trail will wind toward the steps of the Supreme Court. In so much as SCOTUS is now viewed by the ruling class as a Trump court, by virtue of his three appointments during his his term, the resulting onslaught against the court will make the recent Dobbs decision, Roe v. Wade situation, which included personal attacks on the homes of individual justices, including an assassination attempt against Justice Brett Kavanaugh, make all of that look like an ice cream social. And you will recall that the DOJ took very little action and didn't seem terribly interested in the thugs and the hooligans and the idiots that threatened and harassed Supreme Court justices and hounded them when they went out to eat dinner and camped out in front of their homes and did things that in America at one time we thought would never happen, violated all the norms of how we conduct ourselves. The DOJ was notably uninterested in any of that. All of that is to say that a politically driven prosecution of Donald Trump on ginned-up, process-centric, weak beer charges carries grave implications. If it comes out that all the DOJ is doing here is is putting up enough of a cloud, creating enough smoke and, an, and, a, and an, an, enough doubt in order to take Trump out of the game for 2024, if that's all they're doing, if they don't have unmistakable clear charges against Donald Trump, we will be going down a road that I don't think we want to go down. And that's why I'm, and I'm saying, by the way, that I don't think they do. And that's why bringing the executive branch to heel, starting with the DOJ, is my number one issue ahead of inflation, gas prices, all the rest. What about you? 888-788-9910, 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. You know, the, the, the permanent federal bureaucracy hates Donald Trump, and they hate him because he's the first guy to call him out. The ruling class hates Donald Trump. We need somebody that will do that again. If it's not Donald Trump, it needs to be somebody else. And I don't care. I'm not here advocating for Donald Trump. I'm advocating for a president who will who will do the hard work and the heavy lift of getting the permanent federal bureaucracy, the executive branch, the area of government over which the president has <clears throat> direct constitutional authority and control, the executive branch needs to be brought under control. And it goes beyond the DOJ. I'm just saying we start with the DOJ because we Customs and Border Protection under under Department of Homeland Security. We have this, this incredibly ridiculous and expensive and um, society-changing 
in huge implications immigration problem. The, the estimates have run from 2 million to 3.5 million people led into the country who shouldn't be here, who don't have the right to be here, causing enormous problems in, in communities, small communities in, in South Texas. I can tell you for sure because I'm here in Texas. But now causing some heartburn in Washington, D.C. and New York is Eric Adams. The mayor is complaining because people that, that show up that have, that, that have no right to be here, that are in need of social services, in need of someplace to, to sleep, they're in need of food, clothing, shelter, in need of all those things, those people become a burden on the people who are actually working and paying the bills. This is the sort of thing that needs to be brought under control. And we as Americans, we, we who are working every day, we who are paying our taxes and paying our bills, we deserve this. It's part of the compact between the citizens and their government. And the fact that and this is all really, you know, you can, the Congress is not blameless, but most of our problems right now are executive branch problems, and they need to be brought under control. And I want an executive that will bring the executive branch to heal. That's what my number one issue is. I think you solved that problem, and then a lot of the other problems, inflation, uh, the uh, the deficit, all those other things, those things start becoming easier to handle if you have a good handle on the permanent government, the government that's here when presidents come and when presidents go. It's getting the executive branch back within its limits, within its bounds. That's my number one issue. What about you? I want to hear from you this hour, 888-788-9910, 888 Put that in your phone. 888-788-9910. I'm Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy will be back on Monday. I'm here the rest of the day. We've got a big show coming up. We've got good stuff happening today. Uh, at the bottom of hour two, we have Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody. She's going to talk about some of the things we just talked about here in the monologue. Bottom of hour three, from my own great state of Texas, Representative Pat Fallon from the Texas 4th Congressional District, plus your calls at 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in. For Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America, stay with us. A show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply.
Paul Gleiser from KTBB, affiliate of the Fox Across America. Great programs. Filling in for, filling in for Jimmy Fallon. Taking your calls at 888-788-9910. And the leadoff caller today, Dave, from Lake of the Ozarks in Missouri, the heartland of America. Your first hello, Dave. Good morning from uh, the beautiful Lake of the Ozarks. Uh, we're in Absolutely free America here. <laughs> we're in free America here. Yay. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's... I'm a, I'm a retired um, military person. I served mm-hmm. my country 22 years. And mm-hmm. Thank I'll tell you. you what. You're welcome. I, I'll tell you what. I love my country, but I despise and loathe the people that are running it right now. I mean, they, these people are I, – I, I just don't get it. The, every time I hear stupid Nancy Pelosi or – idiot Chuck Schumer come out and say something about democracy, it sickens me. It actually makes me nauseous because we are definitely under a two-tiered, at least a two-tiered justice system, maybe three-tiered. You know, there's there's the rules for the elites, the political class, the, the rhinos and the Democrats. You know, they, they could kill somebody in broad daylight, you know, uh, President Trump joked about, "Oh yeah, I could shoot somebody and nothing's going to happen to me." But no, really, they would. They would definitely something would definitely happen to him. But nowadays, you got the Democrats and the Rhinos. They they can do unbelievable things. Look at what Hunter Biden does and our corrupt potato uh, in the White House, the resident in chief. Uh, he he is uh, absolutely corrupt. I mean. He's taking money from China. <laughs> this is crazy. Well, and, and, and they can do anything. And if a Republican jaywalks in Washington, D.C., they get the death penalty. I'm, I'm just really sick of it. Well, Dave, I'll tell you what really scares me. If the Department of Justice can mobilize its awesome power against somebody that the ruling class opposes and intimidate or cloud uh, their ability intimidate them, keep them from running in the first place. And how many how many good men and good women that would like to serve their country that are Republicans are are saying, you know, I don't want to bring that down upon my family. How many are saying that right now? If we allow the Department of Justice or we allow the permanent federal bureaucracy or the ruling class to decide for us who is suitable to. Uh, to be our president, who is suitable to run for office. If that decision is made by somebody other than us, there is no democracy. We've lost the country if we allow that to continue, which is why I said at the outset of the show, we have to get the uh, the, the Department of Justice under control as a first step in getting the entirety of the executive branch back under the control. That's exactly right, and Chuck Schumer said it, you know, a long time ago. Uh, he was being interviewed, and he said, well, the intelligence community has six ways from Sunday to, to mess with you. And they do. That's exactly right, David. A, I'm gonna... uh, we're living in a fascist state right now. And... Uh, yep, we are. With, with the, or the, certainly the fear of it. Hey, Dave, I've, I've got up against a hard break. I've got to let you go, but it's a good leadoff call. Appreciate it. Let's do it again. And enjoy your day there in the Lake of the Ozarks. It's a beautiful part of the country. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. More is coming up after the break. Do stay with us.
It is Fox Across America with Paul Gleiser from KTBB, Tyler Longview, Texas, filling in for Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy returns on Monday. I'm taking your calls right now. It's Friday. I don't want to work that hard. I want you to do part of the show. 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. We're on the phones. We're in Tyler, Texas. Blake, you're next on Fox Across America. Yes, Mr. Gleiser, KTBB is the best, but I want to say that the most significant issue is the election security okay. aspect. And I'm saying it because, um, like, uh, Michael Hayden was an ex-intelligent director. He mentioned that um, the Republican Party is the single most domestic threat we are facing in the nation today. And I would beg to differ because if we go into a one-party system, there's not going to be any elections that are going to count. And we've got uh, corrupted uh, voting systems technology, and we could see that when we looked at the news. And and when we were doing the election coverage, there was a place where I believe it was Pennsylvania's uh, computers went down and the tabulation stopped. And when it no, that happened. That up. happened. That happened in several states. It happened in Georgia, happened in Wisconsin, and it happened, I believe, in Illinois. All mysteriously at the same time, they just stopped their counts. And the CIS a director who's still in his office now um, lied to the American public that these machines were not remotely accessed, and like. Machines like that are fielded by Dominion voting systems, and they're nearly 50% of the electoral machinery in the regional areas that they're that they're located. And so, um, with with this aspect that they can flip a tabulator by bringing down the system, and we saw it was commented by a, a, a news person, a lady that. I can't recall her name, but I remember the event, and everybody else does it was watching that particular network that she remarked that it was very interesting that Trump had lost over 2,000 votes when the system went down yeah, and we, came back up we, again. We saw irregularities like that uh, on election night. I, I caution against relitigating 2020 because it's a lost cause. It's, it's done. It happened. I agree with you that we need to have – rock-solid belief in, in, in our election integrity, but that assumes that elections still matter. If the, if the fourth branch of government, the unelected branch of government, if the executive branch, as represented by the permanent federal bureaucracy, gets any bigger and any more powerful, I fear that elections won't actually matter. Because the the attitude of the of the permanent federal bureaucracy is that presidents come, presidents go, congresses come, congresses go, but we're always here. If elections don't matter, then neither does any of the other remaining issues. Because which is why my which is why my number one issue is getting the executive branch back under executive control, so that we can hold one person accountable accountable for it and say. Clean that up, and that the, the that person is the president. But as as we saw with Donald Trump, who came in and started knocking some heads, the the ability to resist what the exe- what the chief executive wants to do in the executive branch, the ability by by the employees of the executive branch to resist the chief executive's orders and directions is amazing. 
No CEO of a company could run a company where the employees can just ignore him. And that's what we really have here now. And if you remember the Arizona um, request for the audit, it took months to receive that voting system. And it was when they did receive it, it was completely parted. So if there was if there was any aspect of it, like read-only memory or something, cards that were removed, nobody would right. ever be to the wiser. I understand so, that, and that is all all reflective of the fact that the that the employees of government, in many cases, not all, there are a lot of good people who work for the government and really have a heart to serve. But too high a percentage of the permanent employees of government have lost the idea that they actually work for us. Hey, Blake, appreciate your call. You have a great weekend. That opens up a line, 888-788-9910. Mark in Milwaukee, you're next on Fox Across America. Hi, thanks for taking my call, Paul. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I, I like to go ahead and echo somewhat what the last caller said. Okay, if I take you, if you go back to 2016, the other side... Yeah, liberals, you know, Democratic liberals, they were complaining about, you know, accusing Trump of colluding with Russia and, and affecting the election. So there, there, you don't have, uh, there's a lack of trust on, on that side of the aisle. Okay, now in 2020, you have the other uh, lack of trust because, I mean, look what happened on January 6th. Most of those people that were there were because of the fact that they didn't believe the, the legitimacy of our election system. Okay. Well, I, hey, Mark, I, Mark I, you, you, you know, tell you what, let me, let me jump in. You've hit on something there. You, you've really touched on something. Faith in our institutions is not what it used to be. And, exactly. and that, if we're to have a functioning democratic republic, which is what the, the United States is set up to be, we're not a democracy, we're a democratic republic. If we are to have a functioning republic, we have to be able to trust our institutions. And that includes the departments of government. It has to, it has to include uh, our police departments. It has to include our, our uh, city councils and our, and our county commissioners and all those things. We have to be able to trust them. And we're, we're at a very low ebb of that trust right now. And so as a consequence, Pete, you're right. The January 6th horror, which it was, I'm, I'm, I so regret that that happened, but that was in large measure because that happened in large measure because a lot of people just didn't trust the outcome. They didn't trust the institutions that are supposed to deliver our elections and supposed to supposed to tell us what's going on and give it to us straight. Yep, exactly. I mean, basically, you just hit on something as far as the, the, um, the our police department. When you have when you have a, ha- half your government is uh, is calling for defunding the police, okay? How is that? I mean, you have no control. You know, half half the people in the country don't trust the police because of this. Okay, now I don't necessarily believe that it's warranted that way, but it it, it really comes down to trust in whether you know your vote is going to actually count. That's why you have half the people that don't vote. Why they don't vote? Because they don't believe it's going to count in the first place. Well, I agree with that, and you also you also have to be in a place with respect to the to the police that if somebody commits a crime against you, the 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 criminal will be arrested and will be prosecuted and will be punished. And you, I tell you, you know this. I'm sitting here in East Texas, but this show is routing through New York, and I'm you know I talk to people in New York every day. People in New York don't have the feeling that that they're that criminals will be punished. I don't know if you saw the video of this guy that came up came up from behind a man 
It hit him so hard he fell to the ground. He's fractured his skull. He's lying in a coma. And they've turned him loose. He's not being held. He's been, he was arrested 14 times before, a violent criminal. The charges against him have been downgraded, and he's been turned loose on no bail. We, if we can't trust our institutions to protect us, the republic is lost. And, and that means we have to start at the very top, which is the executive branch of the federal government. The president needs to get the executive branch under control and restore the American people's faith in the executive functions of government, of which policing and courts are one. I, I, Mark, and it, 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 when, when you have uh, somebody like Trump or uh, somebody like Biden in office, people, it, there's, it, that's not, just not going to happen. So we got to be able to just vote them out. Well, yeah, and then that which backs we're back to. We got to be able to trust trust our elections. Mark, appreciate the call. I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you. All right, that that frees up a line eight 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 seven eight eight ninety nine ten. I'm Paul Gleiser, sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America, taking your calls. Jay in Indiana, you're next on Fox Across America. Yeah, how you doing, sir? I'm good. Thanks for calling. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, the thing, the comment I have is, excuse me, is about the DOJ having something on Trump. Uh, I think it's. It'd be better off if they don't have anything on Trump. And the reason is because they do have something on Trump. Then all the shenanigans they pull before, they can just say, well, the end justified the means. This way, if they don't have anything, maybe people will wake up and start protesting and uh, make them uh, do something with the DOJ. At least the hierarchy to make them them accountable for what what stuff they keep pulling. Well, you know that's a, that's an argument, Jay. There you are. You're in Indiana. You're in the heartland. I keep I keep my faith in the in the what I, I constantly refer to as the heartland of America. That that part of America from west of the Hudson River to the California border, you know, where where people get up every day and work hard and feed their families and pay their taxes and put their kids in school and go to church and uh, take care of their well, neighbors. Well, it used to be that way. <laughs> I don't know about well, it anymore. It's, well, it's still that way. There's, to the extent that all of that goes on, it certainly is more likely to go on in, in the big, vast heartland of the country as, as compared to the very secular, very elite, snobby um, uh, coastal enclaves that have too big a say in what we do as a nation. Well, yes, sir. Yeah, that's the well, problem I'm seeing. <laughs> It's not more the majority that rules; it's a minority that rules now. Yeah, and you know we've also we've also flipped. You know the the Republican Party for all of my growing up was seen as the party of the rich, was seen as the party of the elite, was seen as the party that uh, that uh, uh, exploited and took advantage of um, of common working people, and then and looked down its nose. We know the the Democratic Party has turned into this. This thing with with two extremes: the very, 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 very poor who are dependent upon the the largesse of uh, government programs, and the extremely wealthy, the elite, the people who uh, who are largely exempt from the consequences of the uh, programs that and the and the policies that they promote. And the, the the party of the rich now is clearly the Democratic Party, and the party of the working man. And the party of the middle class has become the Republican Party. It wasn't that way when I was growing up. It was it was the, almost exactly a mirror image of that. And 
my my grandfather was a was a tradesman and he was voted Democrat his whole life. He couldn't stomach the Democratic Party of today. No way. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yep, that's the way it was when I grew up too. Well, listen, uh, Democrat was a party to go with and Republicans wasn't. Well you said it's all flipped now. All right. Well Jay, hey listen, appreciate your call. Good stuff. Let's do it again. Opens the line, 888-788-9910. Willie, speaking of the border of the of where the heartland ends, Willie in California, <laughs> you're next. You're here on yeah, Fox Across hey, America. Uh, the echo just keeps going. Uh, my comment was election integrity. Uh, I mean, you got news medias. You got your Adam Schiff's of the world just allowed to get on national TV and fall face lie. They, they're allowed to lie with no repercussions. They hide the truths. And then it's just the wording, too. You got your Affordable Care Act, your uh, 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 Inflation Reduction Act. Out in California, I've, I've personally have interviewed over 5,000 people, and I've yet to see one person vote for the gas tax. I mean, yes means no, no means yes. They have to trick you into voting for what they want instead of trying to find out what we really want as the people. It's just it's gotten out of hand. Uh, and then like, just like they're all saying. You find out that your vote, you feel like your vote just doesn't matter, you know. Well, Willie, where where in California do you live? I, uh, Sacramento area, Lodi, Lodi, California. Okay, you know? I know I know where Lodi is. You, you, you're not yeah. you're not on the you're not there on the coast, but you're 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 in California. I, California breaks my heart. California, yeah, when God was sad. making the world, when when God was making the world, He saved the very last and the very best for California. California is such a beautiful part of the world. You got a thousand miles of coastline, a Mediterranean climate, rich in arable land, rich in minerals, rich in natural resources. It's just, it's the whole package. And California should buy. Yeah. I've lived here my whole life and uh, it's sad. Yeah. It it should by far be the richest, most successful state in the union. And look at it. The state is broke. It is. It, it has obligations it will never be able to repay, and people are leaving. The, were it not for illegal immigration, po- uh, the population of California would be shrinking. People are leaving that beautiful place, and it breaks my heart. I because I think California is such a lovely part of the world, and I hate what has happened to it. But I don't understand why the citizens of California let it happen. That's the part that's a mystery to me. Yeah, it's not a slump either. Uh, California is never coming back. I mean, it's never coming back. Uh, well, it's, in, it's, it's in big foot. Uh, I hate that. Yeah, I, I don't really know. Do. I just, it just, but it comes down to the same thing. You know, I mean, it just your your vote doesn't count. Uh, and they were the thing. And that's why they got the illegal immigrants. That's a big thing on that, too. It's just the uneducated. You know, they can word these propositions to where you think you're voting yes, and that your your vote yes it just gave you the yeah, exact I'm, opposite result. You know? I know what you're saying. You you write you write the the wording of the proposition in such a way as to confuse the voter, and yeah, that that happens. It's one of the one of the little tricks they play. Hey Willie, listen, I appreciate your call, and I hope you have a great weekend in California. Anyway, thank you. Paul Glazer sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here at Fox Across America. More of the shows coming up. Hope you'll stick around. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience.
It is Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon, taking your calls today at 888-788-9910. Please call us. Like I said, it's Friday. I don't want to work that hard. You know, real quick before we have to go to the top of the hour, just something else we can throw into the mix. My wife and I were on vacation about three weeks ago. We spent part of it in uh, British Columbia, Canada. We had to come back into the United States. I got to tell you, getting back into the United States, not that easy. You know, and to wait in line, had to... Uh, present ourselves to a Customs and Border Protection officer, show our passports, answer a lot of questions. Where, do you, where were you born? Where do you live? What were you, what were you doing in Canada? How long were you there? Where did you stay? What do you have with you? Where are you going when you re-enter the United States? Uh, whole bu- it, it was a little bit of a pain to get into the United States, and we're citizens. And, and a whole bunch of us that are in line waiting for this encounter with our own government, we're mumbling under our breaths. Well, if it's this big a pain here on the northern border coming in from Canada, uh, maybe we ought to be coming in through the southern border, coming in from uh, into Del Rio or Eagle Pass or the places down in, in this very state here in Texas trying to come in because evidently all you got to do is just walk in. And so... This is the way it should be. We sh- it should be a little bit hard to get into the United States. It should be very, very hard if you don't have the right to be here. And so we ought to be able to count on our government to do that for us, to, to know who we let in and under what circumstances and for what reason, and to limit the numbers and to, and to protect our borders the way a responsible, sovereign nation should. And yet, we don't. It's because of a failure in the executive branch of government. That's why getting the executive branch under control is my biggest single issue. And I want anybody who will do that, Donald Trump or somebody else. I don't care, just somebody who will do it. Want to hear from you about all of that, 888-788-9910. It's Paul Gleiser from KTBB, proud Fox Across America affiliate. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is Fox Across America, but no, it's not Jimmy Fallon. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy. He's off today. He will return on Monday, but I'm here today, and I want to hear from you at 888-788-9910. We spent the first hour talking about what I think ought to be everybody's number one issue done it in some form or fashion, and that is... Government's not working for us very well, and we don't have faith in the institutions that we used to look at and pretty much give the benefit of the doubt, starting with the Department of Justice, but going all the way through all all uh, departments of government at the national level and very frequently at the local level. We don't necessarily believe that if a criminal commits a crime against us, that person will be arrested, kept off the street, appropriately charged, and appropriately punished. We certainly can't put our faith in the government's willingness to keep people out of the country who don't have the right to be here. The immigration situation is beyond crazy in the United States. At one time, there's no way in the world any administration of any party, Republican or Democrat, would allow what is going on on our southern border, and yet that is exactly what's going on. Somewhere, depending on what estimate you use, between two and three and a half million people have been turned loose into the country since Joe Biden took the oath of office in January of 2021. 
That is not how a successful country works. Your thoughts, 888-788-9910. We're going to use the phones a lot today because it's Friday. It ought to be your turn to talk. So let's do that. Barb in Dallas, you're next on Fox Across America. Hello, Barb. Well, hello there, and I'm Bob. <laughs> Bob, okay, all right. Well, I was giving uh, bad information. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a Barb. I'm kind of using a fake name. Um, I am in East Texas, actually. Okay. I'm in Henderson County. Okay. I am surrounded by Mexican drug cartel. They have been reported to the DOJ, the DEA, the FBI, the Texas Rangers, Department of Public Safety, Department of Public Safety Narcotics, uh, all the way down through our local sheriff. Our local sheriff has actually, his people, have threatened us to leave these people alone that are bringing in not only people, but children in semis running drugs and vehicles, and we have been threatened to leave them alone. Now, I can honestly tell you that Henderson County's economy is exploding, literally. We have the best economy in the world out here while everybody else is in the pit, but we are laundering tons of drug money. That is a big part of this economy. Well, that is horrible. And, you know, the fact is none of that would be happening. You, you say, I'm not going to get into it about your local sheriff because, you know, the, the fact is local sheriff shouldn't be having to say anything about it. It should have stopped at the border, and that's a federal function. I understand that. But then you've got all these feds when the sheriff didn't do anything. The local cops obviously couldn't because there's only a few of them. The sheriff's department's protecting them. So you climb over their head, you go to the DOJ. The DOJ was useless. Even though they have an investigative arm, they say their investigative arm has to be uh, used in conjunction with the local sheriff's department. So they're basically acting as a gatekeeper. And we have been talking to sheriffs in other jurisdictions that are facing the same thing, that are clean sheriffs, that have gatekeepers at the DOJ, DEA level. But tell your listeners that there is such a thing as a HITA, high-intensity drug trafficking area. Ask them to see where they are on the HITA maps. Because HITA, the HITA map, H-I-D-T-A, HITA. H-I-D-T-A, and I believe it's HITA.gov. I know there's a, a link to it at the FBI and the DEA website. But well, you know, one, one, one way they could not have to have such a website is to keep it from coming into the country in the first place. Yeah, but uh, that this has been a, okay, how many times do you think the wall was funded and never built before Trump? Yeah, Has anybody ever All done that research? No, yeah, I know. And then listen, and and, and Demo, a whole bunch of Democrats voted for the wall. That you know, I think. Sure, sure, you know, sure. And, and, and John McCain is on record in the congressional record. The actual FEMA camps were built to put all the illegal aliens in. That's why they built all these FEMA camps. Right. Well, you under you understand, Bob, that you know if you work, you you and and you get a paycheck. You look in the upper left hand corner, and that's how much you got paid. And you look in the lower right hand corner, and that's what's left. And the difference is taxes that come out of your check, come out of your pay, out of your earnings, what you work to earn, in order to fund these functions of government that are supposed to be serving us. And the fact is, they're not serving us, and yet we keep paying. Mm-hmm. Well, um, then. 
this is the thing you were saying. What do you do? How do you fix it? In my opinion, the system has been broken at least since 1979. My dad was murdered. A Dallas fireman, musician, was murdered in 79. It's still unsolved. He was 45. This is year 43 of an unsolved murder, and I can't get anybody to do anything. It don't even get me started on the list. My stepfather was a command sergeant major in the Army, and that's when the balls start clanking and you do the workarounds. So the American people, A, have to do their research. I know they're busy with all the COVID crap and every distraction they can throw at us they are, but I'm going to say turn off TikTok, turn off the television. Turn everything off and talk to your neighbors, because I do have good neighbors. I'm surrounded by Mexican drug cartel, but there's 10 or 20 of us out here that are not in this one general area. And we have noticed so much just by getting together. And we were talking, uh, you've got libertarians, Democrats, and Republicans, and we're all on the same page. We know what is going on. Everybody's doing their own research. You can't believe the media. They've been lying about everything. You go to the congressional record, there's some truth there, okay? A lot of people don't know that they made it under Obama. It was legal, made legal under the Smith-Mont Act for the media to lie to people. It's used as propaganda. I think it was in 2012. So people have to do their own research, and they have to organize. And they have to do their workarounds. And their workarounds include everything from documenting crime in their community, because if you can't do it through the criminal process, you go after the civil RICO process. You can go after the certification of the elected officials. You can actually, okay, who's got their bond? You go after the bond that lets that sheriff hold office. There's workarounds at every level, and this is where the people have to get. They have to take matters into their own hands. So we we don't want violence. We don't want a repetition of any kind of massive war. But what we do have to have is some sort of organized resistance that stays true to the law and true to the Word of God. And that's the one thing a lot of people don't understand is it's spiritual lawlessness. Okay, it is law. There's lawlessness is in every corner, but it's spiritual. And the one thing that I've noticed under Trump, I had a background in the music business, is a lot of my people that were not spiritual have found God. <laughs> so hey, you know, hey, this is a good thing. This is a good thing, and I think it's happening for a reason. But people have to organize. They have to do their due diligence. They need to make copious notes because of all the hacks out here. We use uh, VCR surveillance cameras that have lines that can't be hacked. We use 35-millimeter cameras in dark rooms. We can't be digital at all with all the hacks. We've got illegal immigrants in unmarked utility trucks working on our utility lines out here. Okay? Wow. We're talking electricity, water, audio, video. If, if you guys are in our county, and by the way, Rodney Tandy at the Department of Public Safety Narcotics labeled Henderson County the meth capital of Texas. And he laughed at me when I was asking when are y'all going to do something about it. It's something to have a cop wearing a badge that's supposed to have authority laughing at you when you're asking them to do something about stuff. Hey okay. Bob, you know Bob, you know what? If if I had keys to the Fox Across America prize closet, I'd be sending you something for a great call. Thanks a lot for thanks a lot for checking in. All right, Bob, and have a good weekend. Despite all of this, have a great weekend. 
that frees up a line. 888-788-9910. Let's stay in Texas. JB and Tyler, you're next on Fox Across America. JB dropped off. Well, and let's go to Robert in Missouri. You're next on Fox Across America. Hi, Paul. Just a couple hey, Robert. things real quick. I agree a lot with what you said in the beginning there. Um, there's the two quick things is, is that one, um, I'm a disabled veteran. And uh, I think what happened with us leaving Afghanistan uh, was horrible. And one thing uh, no that was, doubt. and in particular, that uh, most all military would agree that you never leave a man behind. And that's specifically what we did. And that's unforgivable. You know, as far as myself and I think most veterans are going to vote against Biden because of that. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is the the new bill with the 87,000 new IRS agents. I think we could have did much better with that and maybe made 87,000 towards border agents. Yeah, well, see, why not? if you're going to hire thousands, if you're going to hire thousands and thousands of new federal employees, put them where you have the most acute problem. Federal revenues are at record levels. The, the government is collecting plenty of revenue, more revenue than ever in it in the federal government's history. Where the real acute problem is is on the is on the border. If you're going to expand the federal payroll, and I'm not for that, but if you're if you're just hell bent on doing it. Why not hire border agents and let them do their job? Absolutely. I, I agree. I think that it just shows how much the government isn't caring right now, you know, that they would do something like that instead of putting where they could have. Well, uh, but this is this is back to, you know, as, as, as a previous caller here, Bob, the, uh, the lady from, uh, from Texas, from Henderson County, Texas. You know, at one time, Democrats and Republicans agreed on a lot of this stuff that we're fighting over now. We agreed that you, had to, that you couldn't have the border wide open. That's crazy. You know, you can't do that. No, nobody on either side of the aisle thought it was okay to have an open border. And now we have one side of the aisle that thinks it is. And how we got to this, I don't know, but we've got to get back from it because this cannot continue. Yeah, I agree with you. Unfortunately, I think that a lot of the Democratic side right now isn't hearing it. I mean, as far as the media goes, you know, they're not hearing about all the problems that uh, we are like listening to Fox. And, uh, you know, I think it's not going to get changed because unless the media gets changed also, where they start really letting everybody know what's going on. Well, the, you, you can, the, uh, the sad fact is, I think we have, the, the, we talk about American institutions, you would, you would count the, the legacy uh, media in the United States, the big three networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, uh, the New York Times, Washington Post, the big the big publications, the big media. At one time, you would you would uh, people basically trusted them, and we you could nominally count on them to give you a pretty good version of what's going on and a reasonably truthful one. And and and, and you'd look upon the, certainly they are American institutions, and we can't trust them anymore. And the insidious thing, the insidious thing about the media, is not so much what they report and get wrong; it's what they choose to not report at all. That's Absolutely. the thing. That's the that is the real problem 
with the media in the United States today. It's the stories. It's the Hunter Biden story they don't report. It's it's it, it, it it's the excesses of government that they choose and the lies and the and the misleading statements and the things that are that are going wrong that they choose not to report because it doesn't comport with their narrative and who they want to be in charge makes their guys look bad. It's the stuff that gets left out that's the real problem. I agree 100%. Thank you. Listen, I appreciate your call, Robert. You have a great weekend. Paul Gleiser is sitting in for Fox Across America host Jimmy Fela. We have more of the program, including more of your calls coming up. Stick around. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fela. It's like it's a it's a game changer. Fox Across America for a Friday with Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy will uh, be back on Monday. We have time to get back to the phone and work in Gary from Missouri. You're up on Fox Across America. Hello, Gary. Gary? This is your big chance, Gary. I hate you I'm there. here. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Man, I was afraid you were going to blow it, but it's going to kill me. I'm glad you made it. Yeah. You're it's up. Well, uh... Paul, I disagree with your earlier statement about Trump. Do you hope they find something on Trump, uh, which would uh, bring our justice system and start proving them correct? And the reason I say that is because I believe they are corrupt. They're in bed with the, with the left, the media, and everything because of the Russian collusion, everything they tried while he was president. And if well, they let, find well, something— I. Go ahead. Let me let me make let me make clear what I'm saying it is if the only way the Department of Justice saves itself, the only way now, given all of what you just said and all of what I said in the monologue, the only way that the DOJ saves itself is if they, in fact, do have something on Trump, because if they don't, they're doomed. Nobody's going to believe the DOJ. You we can't. I don't trust them now. It, there's good reason not to trust them. There'll be no way people trust them unless they have really done it right this time, and I don't think they have. Paul, I agree with you, and here's the thing. They ain't going to do it right in the first place because they're corrupt. And secondly, if they do find something on him, they probably will plan it. They've tried everything to get this guy, and if they weren't so corrupt, they would stop the kangaroo court that's going on about January 6th and have have two-party hearings rather than railroading people with no representation. Well, DOJ's I not running they, the DOJ's not running the January 6th hearings. That's that's the uh, the corrupt uh, Democratic leadership of the of the House of Representatives in Congress. But I but, get your point, Paul, Gary. Well, Paul, Paul, why why won't somebody step in? And help those people. Why are we letting people go to jail with no representation at all? Well, it's that a fair is question. Completely against our core. And the and the fact that we could even ever with a with a straight face plausibly suggest that the Department of Justice, the FBI, the federal law enforcement agencies of our country would plant evidence against a, a, a suspect in order to make a case that otherwise couldn't be made. The fact that we would even think that, let alone say it out loud, 
tells you just exactly how far we have fallen and how 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 much of the trust that the Department of Justice once enjoyed from the American people has been forfeited. We are we have come to a bad pass. Got about fifteen seconds, Gary. Okay, what we got to do then is we got to get get the American the one half of this country to start standing up against the left, against the Justice Department, and demand that our side be listened to. Yep, I I agree with you. Which gets back to you got to elect the guy that's willing to go in and take the slings and arrows, and uh, and drain the swamp. That was Donald Trump to start. They hated him for it. If it's not going to be him, it's got to be somebody. It is. My number one issue. It ought to be everybody's number one issue. More of Fox Across America coming up. Hope you'll stick around. It is Fox Across America. I'm Paul Gleiser from Fox Across America affiliate KTBB, Tyler Longview, Texas, filling in for Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy will return on Monday, but it's me right now, and we have a special guest we have on the line. Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody. General, welcome. Thanks for being a part of the program today. Great to be with you today. Listen, you weren't here, of course, but we've been talking the first hour and a half of the show. I I set the show up that my number one issue as a voter in 2022, and again when the presidential election comes up in 2024, is restoring faith in our institutions and getting uh, restoring a handle on the executive functions of government, starting with the Department of Justice. You're a prosecutor. You know what an awesome power you have to prosecute and how the abuse of that could be, um, could be devastating uh, it, and, and how the, the, the power to prosecute must be used responsibly. What do you think, where do you stand, based on what we know and we don't know everything, where – what do you think of the the story that's dominated the headlines, and that is the Mar-a-Lago raid on uh, President Trump's home? Well, Paul, as you know, the the day of that raid, I came out very publicly and and said this needed to be uh, very transparent from here on out. I advocated for the release of not only the search warrant itself, but the affidavit that supported that search warrant. And I also said, for the sake of this country and trust in our law enforcement institutions, we needed to hear from either the president or Merrick Garland immediately uh, that the FBI was not being used to target a potential uh, uh, opponent in an election. I mean, this is all things that we need to be able to trust as, as Americans, as, as citizens that um, have to have faith in the stability and, and transparency of these institutions. And so we've heard nothing. We've heard all, nothing. We've heard nothing from Biden at all. And I think that was a mistake, a huge missed opportunity. Uh, in fact, when first questioned about it, I, I think there were about a dozen questions presented, which were various forms of is the FBI or DOJ being used to weaponize our, uh, you know, executive branch to go after political opponents? And the press secretary wouldn't answer the question. And I thought that was a severe undermining of the trust and faith in our institutions. And the president, as the head of the executive branch, has to come out 
and offer a sense of um, transparency and and assurance to the electorate. Uh, it's very important. Very important. The, an- and the so answer to three that days question. Later, after the outcry, you finally saw, you know, a, a very weak attempt by the attorney general to say that they were trying to uh, be fair and unbiased in the application of the law. But, you know, I thought it was, again, a missed opportunity that he should have stood strong, taken questions, been assuring. And, and instead, it seemed like I, I know there's been a public outcry and, and I've got to speak out. So I'm going to say something very quick. Um, and, and I think this has been a misstep at, at every every day since the raid. I think there has been a misstep by the by the administration. Well, you know, I think I, I, I saw that press briefing, and the fact that the answer wasn't one word, no, that has, has, the, has the FBI been weaponized, being used as a political weapon, the answer should have been no. Anything less than that just opens the door to uh, questions in the minds of people of goodwill thinking, well, if you're not willing to say no, then what's really going on? Again, you know, in executive leadership, you have to have a trust from those you are seeking to serve that under your watch, you would never dream of letting your executive branch be taken over and used as a political weapon. So you're right. The answer should have been no, of course not. Under my watch, I will never let that happen. And I think, you know, letting so much time go by and being so... um, guarded and, and, and failing to answer that very simple question was a mistake. Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody is with us here on Fox Across America. General, the inability, or, or not inability, the unwillingness of government at many levels in the United States, the unwillingness to uphold the law and defend the citizens is, I think, rising to crisis levels. Let me play a, a piece of audio from um, from your very own governor, from Governor Ron DeSantis, on a subject that I know you want to talk about and I want to talk about, too. Listen to this. They do not have the right to vote. They have been disenfranchised under Florida law. And Amendment 4 that passed specifically included people that have been convicted of sexual assault uh, and homicide from being able to have an automatic restoration uh, of, of their voting rights. Fill us all in, uh, General. What is the governor talking about there? Sure. And this goes back to how you started off our segment, uh, Paul, and that is, you know, folks need to have faith that their executive branch is, in fact, faithfully and without bias enforcing their laws. And, you know, in Florida, thankfully, we have an amazing governor who insists that our executive officers do, in fact, follow the law for not only so that we can fulfill our responsibilities of faithfully executing the laws that that the people vote through their representatives uh, to make law, but that folks have a faith in in their system of government. That is just as important, a trust and faith that these things are going to be upheld in an unbiased way. And we had a great governor who proposed and worked with our legislature to come up with uh, an actual unit that will go after and prosecute election crimes. Uh, So those folks would be specially trained. They would be able to rapidly respond. The unit has only been in existence for a little over a month. And yesterday, uh, the governor, along with myself and others within uh, the executive branch here in Florida, announced 
20 cases uh, of those that had voted and were ineligible to vote and provided false information regarding their eligibility. Uh, and those were announced yesterday, which, again, it is, it is important to show that we are actively moving and, and responding and charging these crimes, yes. But it also serves a dual purpose of, of folks knowing that when they go and they cast their vote, that they're doing so in an election that where the process is guarded, where there is integrity to the election, that they know that their vote counts because that's just as important. So I was so proud to stand with Governor DeSantis yesterday and make that very important announcement. You know, in, in the aftermath of Bush v. Gore uh, in 2004, when, when all eyes were on Florida and the, the Florida recounts and all of that went on, and, and uh, the, your Secretary of State, was or Catherine Harris at the time, came under such, such intense scrutiny, Florida underwent an introspection about voting. Can you talk to us about that? We did, and our state took uh, so many steps at that point to – uh, ensure that our elections would run smoothly and would be secure. And so as we have progressed through the last two decades since, uh, our election process has served as an example to so many states around the nation. In fact, you don't see us scrambling for five days after an election to tell you who won. You know, we're, we're efficient. But we have a process in place that uh, ensures there's a pre-audit and post-audit process, um, you know, we, we do a lot to ensure that, that folks can have confidence in our electoral system here in Florida. Now, that doesn't mean we won't keep striving to improve. In fact, just yesterday when we made the announcement in terms of elections crimes, we said, uh, you know, we strive uh, to be the best we can be at every election, and we will continue to do so, and we will continue to make improvements, as should every state around this nation. I would encourage them to look at how we we do things here in Florida because we have, uh, you are correct, we have gone through a, a very strenuous time in the 2000 election, and we had to make uh, changes to our statutes thereafter. And uh, I think Governor DeSantis was uh, very encouraging to the Floridians that are going to be casting votes. Uh, you can do so knowing that we have made statutory changes, and we'll keep doing so. Uh, we want you to have faith that your vote counts, and this is a secure process. Uh, and, and as as governor, as the lead of our executive branch here in Florida, he's been diligent in that effort. Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody with us. You know, General, there are two states in the United States, two out of the 50, that are attracting a lot of attention from people in blue states and people who live other places in the country. Those two states are my home state, where I'm sitting right now, the state of Texas, and your state of Florida, two, I think, the two best-run states in the country, and as a competitive guy, I look at what you guys are doing. I say, let's don't let those guys get ahead of us. Let's don't <laughs> let those guys be better than us because the two states that are doing the best in terms of attracting investment and attracting in-migration and attracting the positive attention of a country that's looking for some answers are Florida and Texas. I don't think you would disagree with that. Not at all, and, you know, folks can – Say, oh, well, it's the weather or, you know, make all kinds of reasons. It's 104 degrees here for the entirety of the summer. It sure <laughs> as hell hadn't been the weather in Texas. <laughs> well, we both know 
it goes much deeper than that. It's the core values of how we approach government. We make decisions for the welfare of our citizens, but also with a great respect for and appreciation of individual liberty. You know, I think when you when you kicked off again this segment, you talked about the public faith in in their government. A government cannot stand without the confidence of the people it serves. And we know that here in Florida. Uh, we try and make uh, decisions every day uh, that are best for Floridians and their safety, but we, we understand we have a duty to protect their liberty. That is at the core of, of decision-making here, and that goes to a core value of how you lead and run a state. Uh, and, what, and I'll go back to why this is so important. You know, they just did a, a poll recently, and it was shocking, heartbreaking, really, for those of us that are in in leadership around the country, that one in five Americans are very confident in their voting process. Uh, that that is that is yeah. very troubling to hear. And you know, people it ought to be, it ought to, it ought to be more than nine out of ten. Oh, absolutely! For the for the strength and stability and perseverance of a democracy under a rule of law. And one of the more dangerous things I think that is happening in terms of faith in our system and the executive branches. Uh, is this lack of prosecutors' willingness to prosecute crimes that are, uh, you know, law in the books. And um, it's an interesting phenomenon that you're seeing around the nation where prosecutors, I call them fake prosecutors, uh, they trick people into electing them, saying they want to protect them and, 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 and make sure their communities are safe, and then they have a different agenda and begin, begin doing things that undermine that very thing the day they get into office. And so I think people need to to have the faith in the executive branches restored, not only in the voting process, but in the law enforcement realm and in the prosecutor realm. We believe that here in Florida, we're working every day to make sure that is the case. Uh, I think that is also true in your great state. And uh, hey, I think the, the better we both do at the same time, it's better for the nation. Well, as if we had scripted this, I was going to ask you, speaking of prosecutors, Governor DeSantis, uh, what, a week, 10, 10 days ago, took very definitive action against a prosecutor in, uh, in your state. For If people that might have missed it, tell that story in the couple of minutes we have left. Well, you're seeing this d- dynamic around the nation where prosecutors believe that they can decide what they believe the law should be and decide on classifications of entire crimes that they're just not going to pursue them. You know, we had a a prosecutor here in Florida at one point who announced that they wouldn't seek the death penalty, period, against even against the person who killed their pregnant girlfriend and assassinated a cop. You know, it was a a really shocking thing to have a prosecutor come out and say they weren't going to follow the law because they didn't they didn't like the law. And at the time, uh, Governor Scott uh, was in office. He's now senator here in Florida. But he removed all of those cases from that prosecutor because in Florida, our Constitution says that a governor has the responsibility, the duty, to ensure that our laws are faithfully executed. And in similar suit, Governor DeSantis recently, uh, you know, after a, a long time examining similar actions and statements, uh, you know, he felt he couldn't sit by any longer as a prosecutor just announced they wouldn't follow the law. His responsibility as governor is to ensure exactly the opposite. And so uh, in our state, he removed uh, that prosecutor. And um, certainly there will be uh, further further, uh, proceedings following that action. But uh, it just goes to show you how serious Governor DeSantis is here and our leadership is that 
uh, our laws are faithfully enforced. It's important for a state under a rule of law. Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody, in about 30 seconds, if you can do it. We have a huge – we know what the illegal immigration impact is in the state of Texas because they're kind of by the state. How is it impacting Florida? Wow. It is incredible the amount of fentanyl that we are seeing within our borders. Uh, as you know, I have been on the front lines in litigation from the moment Biden got in office and started telling our sheriffs to release people back into the communities that were committing crimes, that he was not going to deport them, even if they were here illegally. You know, we've had presidents on both sides of the political spectrum deport those that were here committing crimes against Americans. So I've been in court since then in numerous cases uh, pushing back on this. Uh, there are very basic public safety immigration laws that this, this president is just ignoring. Uh, and I, I believe, and, and I believe it has been shown many times, we've had uh, cops shot at in Florida. We've had uh, people murdered by those that shouldn't have been in this country. And Biden is allowing this to happen. So uh, at least Florida will we'll keep fighting this until we start to see some sort of semblance of order and safety at our border. Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody, it's been a pleasure having you as a part of the program here on Friday on Fox Across America, and thank you so much for your time, and keep doing the good work. Thanks so much. Great to be with you. Thank you a lot. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Faley here on Fox Across America. There's more of the program coming up. Don't go away. We'll be back. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here at Fox Across America, taking your calls, 888-788-9910. You know, we actually do pay for this government. We're paying these people. You know, we get paid, and, and, the, and the look in the upper left-hand corner of the pay stub, that's how much we got paid. You look in the lower right, that's what's left. The part in the middle, most of it goes to pay for government. We should be getting more than we're getting. We should be getting better than we're getting for the amount of money that we're spending. The level of accountability has dropped to near zero. If you can't count on the local law enforcement apparatus where you live to find criminals, catch criminals, jail criminals, prosecute criminals, and punish criminals, you're not getting what you're paying for. If you if you cannot count on the federal government, which takes the lion's share of the money out of your check that gets taken out of your check, to enforce the southern border and keep people who don't belong here from coming in, who should not be coming in, you're not getting what you're paying for. And we shouldn't stand for it and we have to do better which goes back to how i set this show up uh two hours ago which is we have to get the executive branch under a control and back to being accountable more of fox across america is coming up after the top of the hour we have one more hour of great radio hope you'll stick around don't go away Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, not exactly, because Jimmy Fallon is not here today. He will return on Monday. It is Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. I'm at KTBB Radio, 
AM and FM, Tyler Longview, Texas. We are an early adopter and proud to be so of Fox Across America. Love having Jimmy here on the air. Jimmy will return on Monday, and in the meantime, I'm keeping you company and taking your calls at 888-788-9910. Let me engage for the first time in the show. Well, in the third hour before I did this, let me engage in some shameless self-promotion. I write a weekly column at youtellmetexas.com. Wrote a piece this morning that's pretty much echoing what we've been talking about on the air today. You tell me, Texas.com. We call it that because I say what's on my mind and invite you to say what's on yours. And that's why we call it You Tell Me. I want to, to set up the third hour, and I'm going to be taking your calls. If you're on hold, I'm coming to you. But I want to set up the third hour with a couple of audio cuts. It seems that the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, is very unhappy with my governor here in Texas, Greg Abbott. He's upset with Greg Abbott because Greg Abbott has been taking illegal migrants, putting them on buses. They volunteer to go. He's not corralling them. He's not going sending them against their will. But those that want to go to New York City, Greg Abbott is providing the transportation and sending them to New York, creating a problem there in New York because you got people coming in that don't have a place to live, don't have food, don't have a place, don't have any of the things that you need to sustain human life. Oh, yeah, like what we put up with in Texas every single day. Eric Adams is upset about that. Here's what he had to say. He's upset with uh, Greg Abbott. Here's what he had to say. Cut 11. It's the worst type of politics. It's hateful politics to raise his national profile. And you know what? You should not be doing it by taking away the respect and dignity of people who are in need. What the Texas governor is doing is just so anti-American. Have you spoken directly to the governor? No, I have not. Our team reached out to him when we first discovered uh, what he was doing, and we asked, let's coordinate, because crisis calls for coordination. Well, you know, uh, Mayor, the uh, the governor, Governor Greg Abbott, actually invited you here to the state of Texas in order to actually see with your one eyes what with your own eyes what's going on. Uh, you declined that invitation. But here's what Governor Greg Abbott said in response. Uh, cut 12. He didn't say that to President Biden when President Biden was flying people from Texas to New York. Uh, and so he's really nothing more than a hypocrite. He's playing politics with all of this. He's also being a hypocrite uh, because New York City is a self-declared sanctuary city. And so why he's ever complaining for one moment about these people being bussed into a city goes against his own self-declaration of being a sanctuary city. I happen to agree with the government. Here's my take on the on the total exchange. That exchange should never have happened because those people shouldn't be here in the first place. The borders cannot just be open with tens of thousands every month coming in, needing social services, needing a place to stay, needing food, putting a burden upon um, schools, law enforcement, hospitals, social service agencies. It shouldn't be happening. A sovereign nation protects its borders. This exchange between Governor Abbott and Mayor Eric Adams of New York should never have happened in the first place. What do you think? 888-788-9910. To the phones, it's Levi here in Tyler, Longview, Texas. Levi, you're leading off this hour. You're up. Hey, Mr. Glazer. I, uh, I thought you fired old Jimmy Fallon 
earlier today. Would never so fire Jimmy Fallon. He's a bud. <laughs> he's a total pal, and he's one of the best things we've ever done here. So, no, that's not going to happen. Right. I was just kidding. Uh, this kind of reminds me, going back to the Phil Rathick, Amy Glenn days, and, uh, for those of you, for those of you listening across the rest of the country, that's the local talk, talk show host we used to have on here at my home radio station. But go ahead, Levi. Yes, sir. I want to take you back to those days for a minute. With all this uh, declassification of top secret stuff going on, I remember back in those times we had uh, President Clinton, and I'm not picking on him. Uh, you know, Republicans have done the same thing, going down the line. But we had Mr. President Clinton, and he declassified a bunch of secret documents, and they gave them to China, and they sent China supercomputers with computer programs to simulate nuclear weapons, to simulate the flight. From my understanding, we taught them how to get nuclear warheads to reenter the atmosphere. And I remember the big takeaway from that. Oh, and he also had uh, Chinese money in his legal defense fund while he was giving all this stuff to China. And I remember the big takeaway from that back then was that the president of the United States can declassify whatever he wants whenever he wants to declassify it. That is true. And once he did, that stuff was public record, basically. Or now, now it's top-secret information in China. And so, you know, it's, that's what's curious to me is how are they getting away with this now? Well, you're tying after, that back to they're saying that, that, that President Trump had classified documents uh, on the premises at Mar-a-Lago. And it, for, so far as we know now, that's going to be the crux of what they, what they try to charge him with. And, yep. Levi, you are correct. The minute he removed those documents from secure storage and from a, from a secure place, he declassified them, and he has the right to do that. Right. Now, whether he should or shouldn't and, uh, have done that is a separate debate. But in terms of it being well, criminally prosecutable, it's not. Another takeaway from all that back then was that Congress and the court system had no oversight over what President Clinton did. They couldn't do anything with it. Under Article Two of the Constitution, he had the right from the Constitution to declassify all that information, and the only way that he could remedy that was with an amendment to the Constitution. Levi, and that was a story. Yeah, that was the story we were given them, and now we're getting the guy that fired the director of the CIA needs to go to prison. Well, Levi, I appreciate your call, and I tell you what—you brought up President Bill Clinton. Let me tell you something else about Clinton. Uh, he wasn't my guy. I didn't vote for him. I didn't vote for him twice. But two things about him that could pop into my mind now: number one, in light of what we have now, he looks positively Churchillian, and number two, I don't think he would have let this raid at Donald Trump's home go forward. I think Bill Clinton is too astute a politician to have let that happen, for fear of it blowing back on his party, which is a very real risk the Department of Justice has taken on by, by letting this raid go forward. There were so many things that they, the DOJ could have done if they had legitimate concerns about something that was in Donald Trump's possession. 
There's so many things they could have done before raiding his home. Where, where is the subpoena he ignored? Where, where are all of the intermediate steps that could have been taken? Appreciate your call. That opens up a line. Karen, San Diego, California. You're next on Fox Across America. Hello, Karen. Good morning, Paul. How are you doing? Morning, morning for you still, but uh, yeah, still hello morning. to you. <laughs> hello. Yeah, born and raised here. Well, and not a liberal. Well, that, well and that makes you a little bit of an oddity in California. What's on your mind? Well, um, something my husband always says is absolute power corrupts absolutely. True. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what we're going through right now. Um, if you want to talk about the border and what people have been enduring in the southern states so that people around the country know, because you know, is that in the Constitution, it is uh, Article 4, Section 4 that the American people should read, and it basically states that if our country is being invaded, which is a sovereign nation, and my question is to you or other people around the country, do you feel this is an invasion? Well, you know, it in the course of a it depends on your definition, but in terms of practical terms, in the in the course of a month in Texas, more people come into the state that shouldn't be coming into the state than we landed on the shores of Normandy on June 6, 1944. Was that an invasion? Yes, it was. And in fact, I had family that was there. So, you know, in terms of numbers, it's certainly an invasion. If, it, if you want to get into a bunch of legalese definition of an invasion— mm-hmm. I don't know if it. I don't know if it can. If it rises, I have to have some scholar that can answer this. I don't know if it rises to invasion under Article Four of the Constitution. But as a practical matter, uh, Karen, absolutely, it's an invasion, and it's causing all it kinds is. of problems. And the thing is, here's yeah. where I get Karen that I get off the rails with all of this. Republicans and Democrats used to agree on this. Mm-hmm. You know. There wasn't a whole lot of daylight between Republicans and Democrats with respect to having a secure, sovereign border. It mm-hmm. used to be just taken as a given. No, you can't let everybody come in. Well, and yeah. how, how we've gotten to this place, it's be, be, the only thing you can come up with is just pure cynicism. It's because Democrats view a huge influx of poor people from poor countries as a as a voting block that will ensure them majorities for all of perpetuity. That's the only way you can explain it. Yeah, it is the only way to explain it, but not realizing that these people that you're allowing to come into the world, now they're coming from all different countries. This isn't just South America or Mexico. I mean, we have a lot of people, different people coming. Is the fact that a lot of these people have conservative values. They believe in God and family, you know. They they hold that very dear to their hearts. This is the reason why they're coming. Well, so one of the things that's, one thing that's going on... Well, go ahead. I'm, I'm just going to underscore what you're saying. I don't mean to step on you. But one of the things that, that's, that's kind of biting Democrats here in Texas in the backside is the assumption that Hispan- the Hispanic vote is going to go Democratic. And Hispanics are shifting in huge numbers to the Republican Party because they are as, as equally as disgusted by what they're seeing as 
as we uh, as we non-Hispanics, as we white voters are. And so that lock that the Democratic Party thought that it had on Texas Hispanics is is turning to dust in their before their very eyes. I know. Well, they think they're going to turn Texas blue. It's hilarious. I don't. It, well, it, uh, yeah, Texas got no bluer in twenty. Texas got no bluer in 2020 than it was in 2016, and it's, exactly. it seems to be seems to be tending tending uh, redder. Too bad we can't say that about California, a once reliably red state. Wish. My wish, you know, and a lot like somebody had asked, or you would ask somebody, how this happened? You know, how did this happen to California? You know, and people say, well, it happened, you know, back when, you know, you had the hippies in the 60s and the whole free love and peace for every and harmony. No. And, 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 yes, it started progressing, you know, at that time. But um, being liberal is just the fact that all these people move because of the tech industry, Hollywood, You know, everybody moved from around the country with these liberal attitudes from everywhere. And that's kind of how it became so uh, incredibly liberal, is because these people that were coming had made wealth here. They made wealth. I understand that. Your your state is, if if it's not for, if it weren't for illegal immigration, the state of California would be, is depopulating. People are leaving. How do I know that? Because they're showing up here in Texas. And we we see them all the time, and they're, we're, our 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 hope here in Texas is that they don't bring the voting with them that brought about the policies that they are now freeing. Hey, Karen, appreciate the call, and I wish you a very happy weekend there in beautiful, beautiful San Diego. Have a have a have a. I think we lost Karen, but have a, have a great weekend. Hey, more of the uh, uh, the uh, Fox Cross America show with Paul Glasser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. It's coming up after the break. More of your calls. Stay with us. The critics have spoken. You snotty little bastard. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Program note, Representative Pat Fallon, Republican of Texas from the 4th Congressional District, will be joining us after the bottom of the hour. Right now, it's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America, and it's you on the phones. It's Depot in Mississippi. You're next on Fox Across America. Hello, Depot. Hi, Paul. I'm a ex-disabled veteran and an ex-law enforcement officer, and I'd like to simply ask you a question so that you can give me more knowledge. The president of the United States has the right not to fire a voted, any voted official, but anybody that works for the federal government has a job. Does the president of the United States have the right to fire that person if he had knowledge of them committing a crime or something of that nature? Yes, he has the right. No, he doesn't have much capacity. Let me tell you why. The, the rules of federal employment are written in such a way as it is almost impossible to fire a federal employee. It is really difficult. To, to, once, a, once an employee is put on the federal payroll, it is really hard to get rid of that employee. They're, they're, it's, it's a very entrenched kind of employment, and as a practical matter, it's next to impossible for the president to come in and say, pick a department, pick the Department of Education, 
and it has umpty ump however many thousand employees and say, you know, we don't need all those people and cut them loose. Almost if Congress, particularly if Congress authorized the funds to pay them, uh, it's almost impossible for him to do that. It's really, but, really hard. But saying an individual, he fired Jim Comey. Well, that's that's different. That's a that's an officer of the uh, that's an, ex, an an executive officer of the executive branch, and yeah, he can do that. Okay. okay. Why didn't he not clean house when and and get rid of those individuals? with the text messages and everything. Why didn't he just say, all right, you're all fired as well? Why didn't he get well, rid for, of the corruption at the top? Well, first of all, I think, you know, he, I think President Trump had not been in politics, was not of Washington, had not been in that system, had not been steeped in all of that goo, and he was caught a little bit flat-footed by the, um, by the permanent federal bureaucracy and by just the apparatus of Washington. I think a, a President Trump 2.0 would come into office keenly aware of all of that, and that's one of the reasons that they are so jacked up against him running because I think they know the whirlwind that would come based on how he was treated in, uh, in, his, in his original term. And that's part of what's driving all the resistance. I think there'd be a, I think there'd be a whole lot of, uh, of house cleaning that went on in a Trump 2.0 presidency, and I think that's got them freaked out totally. Well, it's been said many, many times. It is unprecedented that a former president of this great nation has a raid performed on his house. Oh, it's it's horrible. And and, and as I've said at the start of the show, if you were here, if they don't have something absolutely oh, 100%, <laughs> 100% ironclad, unequivocal if they don't have that then they have then they have sown a sown the wind to reap a whirlwind it, it you simply don't do this it's weaponizing the doj against political opposition that goes on in third world hell holes it doesn't go on in the united states depot appreciate the call pat fallon coming up after the bottom of the hour here on fox across america paul gleiser sitting in for jimmy Fallon. i hope you'll stick around there's more of the show coming up stay with us In the home stretch of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon here on this Friday. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy. Listen, one more time, self-promotion. I write a weekly column at youtellmetexas.com. I say what's on my mind, and then you turn around and say what's on yours. That's why we named it what we did, youtellmetexas.com. On the line, I have Representative Pat Fallon from the 4th District of Texas, member of Congress. <clears throat> Pardon me for that. Congressman Fallon, welcome to Fox Across America. Thanks for joining us. Paul, you are a great American, and it's an honor, my friend. Well, thank you for that very much. Listen, okay, we've been talking during the show today. The Department of Justice raided uh, Donald Trump's home. At least half the country uh, suspects uh, political persecution as opposed to criminal prosecution. We have uh, Mayor Eric Adams mad at Governor Greg Abbott because of a, a few dozen illegal immigrants showing up in his city while Texas is flooded with them. Uh, we have uh, uh, crime in cities all across the country, including New York. We, we, which of those do you want to talk about today? Because we could talk about them all, you know? Well, you know what? I, uh, any chance I get to talk, Paul, about the, the open and porous and immoral border that Joe Biden has essentially facilitated, 
that I always try to leap at that. But I will say one thing about this political persecution of President Trump. This is unprecedented. It's egregious. And the State Department, or I'm sorry, the State Department, the Department of Justice, they don't want to release the affidavit. They they got the warrant from a guy that's been donating to President or to Barack Obama. And if they don't find Jimmy Hoffa's body in Mar-a-Lago, this should be held to pay, and rightfully so, because well, Americans you know, have to trust their Justice Department, and we don't right well, now. That's what I've been talking about the past two and a half hours. That, that if if we've reached the place where you can't trust the Department of Justice uh, to fairly, without fear or favor, prosecute crime, then then you basically have lost the republic. And I think I I think the DOJ had better get really transparent really quick. Yeah, you got to know you you know that you're doing something unprecedented. You've got to be incredibly cautious, very careful. As, as transparent as possible, not be fighting the release. You should be shining the light on the entire process and not trying to operate in the fog and the shadows, which they're doing, which smacks of political persecution. This is like a fourth impeachment, if you will. They tried to I, impeach, you know, they were successful in impeaching President Trump twice, couldn't convict him. Then the January 6th uh, farce and clown show for the last year and a half. And now this, this is the fourth impeachment poll. You know, and as I said before you came on, President Bill Clinton, I don't think, would have allowed this to happen. I think he was too politically astute, and I also think he was more restrained. A Democrat, yeah. oh, but no. I don't, th- I, I don't yeah. think he would have let it happen. Now, Joe Biden has proven himself to be an amateur. I mean, this is a guy that never signed in front of one paycheck his entire life. He was a government act, uh, you know, for a decade, half a century, and couldn't solve any of the problems. And things have gotten, uh, you know, in, in regard to the spending, the prolific spending and all that. He's taken it to new levels. So he's been one of the worst presidents we've had since Jimmy Carter. I mean, this matches like James Buchanan from a historical perspective. He does nothing. He just likes all the perks and the luxuries, and he just caters to his far-left base. Well, let's go go back to what you originally brought up. We talked with Representative Pat Fallon from the 4th District of Texas, which is north of Dallas. It's the... uh, It's the district that was the home of legendary Speaker Sam Rayburn. Congressman, immigration. At one time, Republicans and Democrats, there wasn't a a sliver of daylight between them on this. It just was given and obvious and common sense. You have to protect your borders. What's happened? Well, the Democratic Party doesn't want to put America first, and they don't want to do what's in America's best interest. Uh, They just want to appeal to this, these left-wing ideologues that, that are literally for open borders. So it's just some quick stats to give perspective. In April, we had 234,000 illegal border crossings, Paul. That was 1,258% worse than the last April President Trump was in office two years ago. In May, the worst month on record, just eclipsed April, because there was nearly 240,000 illegal crossers. That was 930% worse than two years ago. And then in June and July, hovered right at the 200,000 mark as well. So, and then you have the known gotaways. That's when the Border Patrol is so exhausted, they don't have the resources to they see people crossing the border half a mile away. They log it, but they can't even encounter them, right? So that's about 70,000, 80,000 a month. Under Joe Biden, there's been nearly 4 million people. Actually, it's over 4 million now with July's numbers that have entered the country illegally in the last year and a half. That is the I keep hearing, I keep hearing numbers. I keep hearing 2 million yeah. to 3 and a half. What is the number? What is it, 4 million, really? Okay. It's, yeah, it's 3.1 million illegal border crossings under Joe Biden's administration in the last 20 months, plus 
Well, now it's sorry. That's about three three point three now because I, we just got the results, the line numbers in a couple of days ago, and okay. couple that with about eight hundred thousand known Godaways. That's the known. Never mind the unknown. So it's over four million now. Yeah, it really is. That have been, that have been released into the country. No, that have been that illegal border crossings, and then the Biden administration is rather coy, um, telling us exactly how many they they let into the country. But it's obviously in the millions. That's crazy. Yeah, no, it, it is national suicide. And, it, and as I say, I just spoke to a group of Republican women in Sherman, Texas, and I said, an, immoral, an open border is an immoral border for the people that live north of it and south of it. The drug cartels are controlling the southern border, not the federal government of the United States. And they are charging these migrants $4,000 a head. They're exploiting them. They're forcing them to carry drugs. Uh, women, 30 percent of them are sexually assaulted or raped along the journey if they're immigrating from southern Mexico or Central America. It is chaos, it is criminal, and it is absolutely immoral. Well, okay, Congressman, you stroll the halls of the Longworth Building there in Washington, D.C. You stroll the halls of the Capitol. You bump into your Democrat colleagues. Are they on board with this? They're on board with the status quo, most of them, not all of them. Quick example, the National Defense Authorization Act, I said on the Armed Services Committee, I filed an amendment that said border security is a national security issue, and it had a few other things, but it was only a one-page amendment. And it did pass. There's 31 Democrats, 28 Republicans, because five Democrats crossed the line. So we, we won the day 33 to 26 on that issue. But, Paul, that's five out of 31. 26 of them are just fine with not even admitting that border security is a national security issue. So elections have consequences. America need, <clears throat> Americans need to know the truth. And if you want border security, the only chance you're going to get is a Republican Congress and a Republican president. But don't they realize that the, the, the problem is eventually going to become so acute? And for example, here in Texas, as you know, Hispanic voters that were once reliable, reliably Democrat voters are moving toward the Republicans. It's starting to cost if you're a Democrat. Well, yeah, and the, the Texas Democrats might be getting it, but the National Democrats don't. Quick example, you got Myra Flores who won Congressional District 34. This is a district that in 2016 Hillary Clinton won by 22 percentage points. Myra won it by five points. Now, she's a great candidate, born in Mexico, immigrated to the country legally, the first Latina to ever be elected to Congress uh, as a Republican. It's, it's wonderful stuff uh, that, that was born in Mexico. But you've got uh, Monica Dela Cruz in Congressional District 15. I think she's going to win in November. We've got Tony Gonzalez already. We might have, other than El Paso, every congressional district that touches Mexico and Texas being represented by a Republican. That was once unthinkable. Yes. Nobody saw this coming. Nobody. And there's a state representative friend of mine, Ryan Dean. He was a state rep, eight, Democrat, for 18 years. He just switched parties. President Trump endorsed him. He's the Republican nominee for state rep now because his district has had it. And they're sick of that, Paul. They're sick of the cartels, the chaos, the corruption, and the crime. Let's segue here. The, the, the Inflation Reduction Act, which was just signed yeah. into law a few days ago, um, of course, it does nothing to uh, to address inflation. It adds fuel to the fire of inflation. But again, I, I'm always interested in 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 what is said in the in the conversations in the hallways of Congress. How do Democrats, your Democrat colleagues, not see this as something that could come around and bite them where it hurts? Well, Paul, first of all, a major and mega pay, payout. To their supporters, with this you know Green New Deal garbage, it's not going to work. But the, who who are these billions of dollars going to? 
folks that support the Democratic Party. Some people are going to you know, be made wildly rich off this. So according to the nonpartisan, okay, nonpartisan Joint Committee on Taxation, in 2023, there'll be $17 billion in new taxes that will hit people making $200,000 or less. So that shatters Biden's promise that nobody under, making under 400 grand will have to pay any new taxes. And during the well, here's a, window... Let me jump in on there. You you don't even need an analysis because you you, you can you can say this. He's raised raising taxes on on fossil fuels. That's everybody who has a car, which means if you're a if you're a single mother struggling to get by, your taxes went up because it cost you more to drive to work. Yeah. Yeah. The the Inflation Reduction Act, what I've learned in my first term in Congress is that when the liberals name a bill, it's probably going to have the intent opposite effect of what it's labeled. Oh, my goodness, so this that gonna, is true. This isn't going to reduce inflation. This is going to raise it because it's going to hit about 200 companies, and they're going to pass their costs on to us. So it's going to not reduce inflation. It's going to exacerbate the problem. Representative Pat Fallon from the Texas 4th Congressional District. Okay, one of the provisions of the Inflation Reduction Act is the uh, the expansion, like oh, exponential yeah. expansion, of the Internal Revenue Service. And the question I raised earlier, if you want to expand the federal payroll by 87,000 people, why don't you hire border agents? Because we're taking in record revenue. We don't have a revenue problem. We have a border problem. Yeah, we have, and we have a spending problem. And I don't want to hire 87,000 new IRS agents. As you said, I want to hire 87,000 new Border Patrol agents. And what are those 87,000 agents going to do? And now they want to arm them as well? These are bean counters and accountants, and they're going to come to my house or my office with straps loaded to bear? This is ridiculous. And, you know, regular – and they middle-class middle Americans are going to uh, take a major hit on this because this is kind of like a Gestapo slash KGB type of op- outfit with that many more. They're just going to be hired to harass and, and uh, you know, intimidate American taxpayers. Well, let me show you, throw you out my, my personal sensibility to this, because I, the radio station from which this show is uh, originating, KTBB in Tyler Longview, Texas, I own. I'm a small business owner, and my fear of the IRS is the same fear that every small business owner has of the IRS. You know, we're pass-through entities. I'm an LLC, which is to say the tax consequences of the business flow directly to my personal tax return. The last thing that small businesses in America need is an army of IRS agents crawling all over them when it's when most of the time running a small business is the hardest thing in the world. Yeah, Paul, I was a small business owner for 30 years. had never had more than really about 100 employees, and it's tough what we do. And you know what's going to happen? You get audited, I get audited, other small business owners. Even if you've dotted every I and crossed every T, you're probably out thirty to $50,000 just defending against the IRS. Correcto. And by the way, they already make about 50% of the things they assert are wrong. So, yeah, it's tough. It's, we're we're going to lose either way. All right, well, let's, let's, let's try to end Friday afternoon on this show with a little yeah. bit of sunshine. You know, All right. let's, look, let, let's look forward and, and try to find a brighter day. Your thoughts? My brighter day begins, I believe, on November the 8th this year, when I think the U.S. House of Representatives will be back in adult hands, conservatives that want to put America first and love this country and want to create a meritocracy where prosperity and talent and skill and ability and hard work reign. So that's the day one. And then another great day, Paul, walk with me on the path of vision, my friends. January 3rd, 2023, 
when Nancy Pelosi has to give that gavel up and never be Speaker of the House ever again. That's a rosy picture. That is a pretty picture. I like it. I like it. But does she turn it over to, you know, the last time she did that, she turned it over to John Boehner. And, and, and with the help of John Boehner, the Republicans snatched uh, defeat from the jaws of victory. Have the Republicans learned? Well, I've talked to – this is a great question because i talked to Kevin McCarthy personally about it, and I'm not the only one. There's scores of us telling him we cannot be John Boehner 2.0 or Paul Ryan 3.0. We're going to – we're going we're gonna to lose the republic if we are. We don't paint with soft pastels. We have to paint with bold colors. We have to have a Reagan and a Trump type of vision and, and be bold with it and follow through on it. Follow through on it. If people give us the majority. We cannot fumble the ball. We have to act boldly, a new contract with America, and actually get things done as best we can because we might not have the Senate and we obviously won't have the White House for at least two more years. So we've got to, but we've got to fight. We cannot roll over any longer. We have to draw a line in the sand and no more retreat. Last question in the time we have left. Do, does the Republican Party, assuming assuming what happens with, is, is what you just said, that the the Republicans retake the House and, and start 2023 in the majority, does the Republican Party spend its time wisely uh, opening up the investigations that that the Republican Party can't open up, like looking into Hunter Biden, looking into the abuses of the DOG, DOJ, is that time well spent or sh- or not? I think it's well spent. We just got to get to the truth, and all we want is justice. I don't want to, you know, persecute. I don't want to, uh, you know, go on witch hunts. I want to get to the truth. January 6th, the Democrats held primetime hearings on this stuff. Okay, all I want to know is why was security so lax? What did Nancy Pelosi know? When did she know it? Why won't she talk? Why won't she let us talk to her? for sergeant at arms and hunter biden is he corrupt is are is the biden family like a little mafia family or a major mafia family we got to find that out was he the big guy getting the 10 points and then the doj are they apolitical because it doesn't seem like they are and we need to investigate not only the mar-a-lago fiasco but to see if they're actually even-handed and we've got to make sure that they're apolitical I couldn't agree with you more. Representative Pat Fallon, congressman from the 4th District of Texas. Congressman, thank you. Have a great weekend, and thanks for being a part of the show. Oh, you're a great American. I salute you, and God bless. God bless you. More of the show coming up. Paul Glasser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here. Fox Across America. Stay with us. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Wow, that went by that went by quick. Paul Glasser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here at Fox Across America. Jimmy will return on Monday. Uh, listen at the end, wrap up this show. We're talking about some fairly dark stuff here. Let's end on a bright note. First of all, we, as Jimmy constantly reminds us, we do live in the greatest country in the world. Of all the things, of all the things we can point at in America going wrong, there's so much going right that people are 
trying to get here desperately. People want to come here because this is the greatest country in the world. Number two, I don't care who wins the election in 2022 and 2024. I only care that conservatism wins. Conservatism in the in the form of lower taxes, low regulation, maximizing the opportunity for ordinary people to use their hard work and their talents to succeed, maximizing self-reliance, self-reliant being, self-reliance being the ultimate expression of freedom. So long as that wins, the names of the individuals, I don't care. I just want America to win. That's what I'm all about. So, you know, in the end, America has been very, very good about correcting when things get too far one side or the other. It's a brilliant self-correcting mechanism. In the end, I think that's going to work out again. Hey, listen, thanks so much for being a part of the program today. Thank you for making me feel so welcome. Thank you to uh, the, the guys in New York, Josh and Frank, for making doing this as easy as they make it. I appreciate all of that. I appreciate you being a part of the program. Go out and have a really, really great weekend. As I say, Jimmy Fallon will return on Monday, and I'll go back to listening to Jimmy instead of trying to be a poor imitation of Jimmy. Until then, be safe, be happy. God bless America. God bless you, and we'll see you again. Have a great weekend, everybody. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.